Some things are truly just bigger than baseball or bigger than sports. The Boston Red Sox proved this sentiment on Sunday when they all rallied around Garrett Whitlock in his return to the mound against the Orioles. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox straight to your favorite podcast feed for free, Monday through Friday. Who doesn't love free? I know I do. Thank you for making the Locked On Podcast Network your first listen of every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you for tuning in to Lockdown Red Sox and making it your first listen of every day. If you want to make something else one of your daily listens, you can download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox, and they will have you covered for all home broadcasts of every Red Sox game. So all you have to do is just search Red Sox within the SXM app and they will have you covered so you don't have to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball for what's really left of this season if the Red Sox ever play a game again because for the last three straight days, they've had issues with rain. The game started late on Saturday due to rain started late on Sunday due to rain, and then mid-game went into another rain delay until they were finally able to finish it in the evening, even though it had started as an afternoon game. And then on Monday, the game against the Yankees got rained out. And so as a result, that game is being played today at 1.35 as part of a doubleheader. The night game is still scheduled for the normal time, 7.10, but... If you are looking forward to watching baseball on Monday night, good news is you get double the fun or not so fun, depending on what version of the Red Sox show up today. So let's hope we get some good baseball from the Red Sox. I am excited to bring you another episode of the show. Lots to talk about today, including a little bit of a tough topic to be discussed. I encourage you to talk about things like this. Sometimes things that are really heavy do happen and it's hard to really wrap your head around. Um, But the support of the people around you really can help you get through a tough time. And that's exactly what happened with Garrett Whitlock. He, unfortunately, had been placed on the bereavement list. Um, And it was the Saturday of Labor Day weekend, and it was really sad and heartbreaking because he basically found out during the Royals series when the Red Sox were in Kansas City that his brother um, slipped and fell running down a dock and fell into the water and drowned um, in Georgia. 
And so he immediately left to go be with his family and came back to the Red Sox on Sunday. First of all, I can't even imagine that strength that it takes to come back when you're going through such a tough time like that. And nobody can ever exactly relate to what he's going through because nobody's relationship is the same. And it sounds like his relationship with his brother was incredibly important to him. And if you have a sibling and you are close with them and you, you know, really feel like you are basically, you know, two peas in a pod or three peas in a pod or however many siblings you do have, that feeling of what he has been going through is truly unfathomable. I cannot imagine that being me, I have two sisters that I would do absolutely anything in the entire world for. And to see him have to go through something like that is heartbreaking. The Red Sox responded in such a heartwarming manner. Um, He returned on Sunday to the Boston Red Sox and pitched two scoreless innings in the game against the Baltimore Orioles. And after he finished those two innings, Alex Cora immediately came over and gave him a hug and said, you know, I'm here for you and made him feel like what he's going through is not something that is ever going to go unnoticed. And that really shows that family dynamic that the Boston Red Sox have as an organization. Whitlock was talking to Tanner Houck about it and basically saying, you never know how long you really have with somebody. um, So you have to basically cherish it and hug the people you love. And obviously I would encourage everybody to do that um, as much as they can, because you never really know when the last day is going to be. And my heart is absolutely broken for Garrett and his family. So I had to start off by saying that they are in my prayers. I can't even imagine having to go through something like that. Um, It's heartbreaking. It really is. And when he came back to the mound, he felt like it was a distraction from everything that was going on is kind of what he described it as. And when you have something that you love, sometimes that can help you to distract yourself for a little bit from what is going on in your life. And for him, baseball is his life, you know, and to go out there and absolutely shove on the mound the way that he did is truly something special. And I know that his brother was guiding him through that outing. And I know that he was looking down on him and making sure that he had the outing of his life. And I just really send my condolences to Garrett's family. And I can't imagine being in his or his family situation. I really can't. But the Red Sox created a very, very strong family atmosphere. 
And I know that was really enforced in this situation. And I'm sure his teammates are there for him. And it certainly can't be easy, but he came back to his team and went out there and delivered. You know, I mean, what else is there really to expect from him? I truly can't imagine it. So my thoughts and prayers are with the Whitlock family during this tragedy. Coming up, um, I'm going to be talking about a few other roster moves that the Red Sox did make on Sunday. They're, they've been a little busy in terms of the moves that they have made, so I'm going to be going over all of that and what it means going forward for the Boston Red Sox. The MLB playoffs are right around the corner, and if you like fantasy baseball at all, then Sleeper is for you. The clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. The sport has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Acuna, Betts, and Otani. Pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100-time payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. Use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. The best part about Sleeper is it's simplified. It's not this crazy fantasy app that makes it really complicated to use. You go in and you just make daily fantasy-related picks. You can win money so easily. So why not do it? It makes so much sense to me to do it. Sunday was a busy day for the Red Sox. They did make some roster moves. I had touched on Garrett Whitlock being reinstated and pitched very well on Sunday, um, giving up no runs in two innings of work, basically. Um, recorded three strikeouts and gave up a walk, but overall was very good. Um so the corresponding move for that was they did place James Paxton on the 15-day IL um, with right knee inflammation. Alex Cora did say that it ends his season. He's not coming back um, this year. And the thing about James Paxton is it's really been a long time coming. He pitched for more of the season this year than I really thought he was going to. But at the end of the day, the guy just really was nearing the end and just could not stay healthy. Um, so it makes sense to me that, you know, they're just shutting him down for the year. This is probably the end of the road, presumably, for his time in Boston. I am appreciative of the first half James Paxton that we got because he was absolute nails. Um, and when you look at, you know, what he did overall for this Red Sox team, he truly did pitch well overall. He struggled lately. His last few outings really were not good. Um, and I think with where he's at in his career now, he just needs to just take a step back and probably reevaluate whether he still has it in him or not. Prior to going back on the I.L., he had a 450 earned run average. Um, but before that, 
for most of the season, he was averaging around 330 to 350 in that range. And that's not bad. That's that's good stuff overall. If you can have a pitcher who, for the majority of the season, has an earned run average of under four, that means they're generally a reliable starting pitcher. And for a lot of the season, James Paxton was reliable. He was by no means the Red Sox ace, nor was anybody expecting him to be. But he was reliable for a good portion of the season there. And I think the Red Sox got more from him than what they thought and expected and certainly what I expected. So I'm grateful for what he did for the Red Sox for sure. But he has been shut down for the rest of the year. So there's going to be some pitching swaps again to basically step in for him. But it's, you know, always unfortunate news when somebody gets injured and they can't come back from it. But it's just goes to show again that the Red Sox have a lot of work they have to do with their pitching staff this offseason to really get it up to where it needs to be and be able to match it with other teams. So I'm wishing Paxton the best of luck, but Alex Cora did confirm that he is being shut down for the rest of the season. He will not pitch anymore. Um, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just what needed to happen. He He's just nearing the end of his career. And we know that Paxton has put up some very competitive numbers earlier in his career, but he's just not that same guy anymore. His velocity was down. His command wasn't really there. Um, so there were a lot of signs that he was just degressing and it got to the point where I asked myself, does he still have it? So ultimately they did what was best and I wish him the best. On Sunday, the Red Sox also recalled Nick Robertson from AAA Worcester. He was acquired in the Kike Hernandez trade. Um, the Dodgers have some great pitching talent in their system, and he was called up then, um, you know, for Sunday's game, essentially, because of the ro roster moves and corresponding things that they were doing. But he had gotten called up before, after being acquired at the trade deadline. He had been called up and had struggled. Um, so it was nice to see him back up and get another chance. And... They also optioned Joe Jakes to Worcester. I mean, this guy has been an absolute mess this season, has not showed much promise really at all. Um, in terms of his stats for the season, he primarily was throwing around a five earned run average. He started off well. His first few games that he threw at the major league level started off at a 225 average and then it went down to 208 and then it immediately just shot right up to 540 and then he just kind of hovered somewhere in the fives for the majority of the time after that in September he's currently at a 506 ERA um was down to a 491 after a start on September 8th but he's just fluctuated but hasn't been able to really keep himself under that five earned run average mark. And obviously ERA isn't everything, but what really killed him was he could never get the job done with runners on base. Whenever there was base traffic, he always added fuel to the fire and he just couldn't figure it out from the standpoint of 
being able to maintain control in those pressure situations. Does he need more time in AAA to develop and grow? I absolutely think so. Will he be able to eventually be an asset to this team? Not sure yet. Not convinced. Needs more time. I'm not sold on him at the moment. He deserves an opportunity, sure, but I think he's gotten it, and I think it's been pretty apparent that he doesn't really know what to throw or how to carry himself in certain situations on the mound. And when you are a competitive baseball team and you're trying to be a team that makes a deep playoff run and fights for a World Series spot, you want pitchers who can be good under pressure. And I can't see him being that guy that steps out of the Red Sox bullpen, you know, with the bases loaded in the ninth inning and the Red Sox up by a run that they're trying to conserve. Joe Jakes is not the person that I would trust in that situation in a playoff game when your season is on the line. You know, baseball is such a momentum game. And you want pitchers in there who are going to keep those good vibes and keep that momentum rolling. So they gave Joe Jakes yet another chance. He's gotten multiple opportunities at the big league club this season, but he hasn't shown to me that he's reliable enough to stay up. Um, So it makes sense that the Red Sox sent him back down, figured they would give Nick Robertson a chance instead. And the Red Sox are at this point now in the season where they might as well just try that out, give people opportunities, see how they perform. And if they find some success, then you keep them and then they get more of a chance so that they can continue to grow even further. So the Red Sox made quite a few pitching moves on Sunday. Um, The big picture of all of this is that Alex Cora has a couple pitchers back now in Garrett Whitlock and as of late, Nick Robertson, who can be productive and hopefully be arms that he can rely on um, out of the bullpen. Kenley Jansen. Chris Martin, uh, Brennan Bernardino, Josh Winkowski, John Schreiber. Those guys are all very talented out of the pen, but they can't all pitch every day and very overly consistently or they're just going to get burnt out. So if the Red Sox are trying to work out that bullpen and build pieces around those guys to really round out the pen, maybe Nick Robertson is a guy who can give that to you. So coming up, I'm going to be talking about him and his outing on Sunday and what he's really done to show improvement since coming back from AAA. Who loves going to concerts or sporting events? I know I do. Game Time has you covered for all of your ticket needs, especially last minute. I have a lot of friends who are last minute to do anything, whether that's make plans to hang out or buying a birthday gift for somebody. Um, They just operate in a last minute type of fashion. And that might be stressful for some, myself included. But for others, that's just how they roll. Game time is the perfect opportunity for you, if that sounds like you. There's so many deals and last minute tickets that you can get for really anything in your area, concerts, sporting events, whatever it may be, comedy shows, you can get seat maps where they show you what your view would look like from the seat, which is absolutely huge because I've been to games and concerts before where I have really bad seats and it's super hard to see. Makes it not worth the money. So you have the seat 
views so you can see what you'd be looking at. And they come with so many deals that other ticket avenues do not have. So definitely download Game Time and purchase your tickets that way. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The guaranteed part is true. They will give you the lowest price that's out there possible, and that's what makes it great because you will realize you're saving money compared to those other ticket sites, and who wouldn't want to save money? Just a reminder that SiriusXM does have you covered for all Red Sox home broadcasts. Just download the SXM app and search Red Sox, and the home broadcast for every game will be there, so you don't have to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball for the rest of this season and beyond, especially next year when things hopefully start to get exciting again for Boston. You'll want to have that SiriusXM app and listen to the games live on that app especially if you're driving and you can't watch the game live. At least you can listen, right? Download SiriusXM. (laughs) Nick Robertson was one of the pitchers that the Boston Red Sox acquired when they traded Kike Hernandez to the Dodgers, which needed to happen, by the way. I mean, he just was not good for the Red Sox this year. He was causing them to lose games um, with his terrible defense, and he really couldn't hit that well either. Seems to be playing a little better in L.A. He's comfortable there, and I'm proud of him. But it needed to happen, and the Red Sox were able to get two pitching prospects in return with Nick Robertson being one of them. And, oh, my gosh, that sweeper. He developed a third pitch that's a sweeper that looks like it's going to be pretty lethal. Um, He had been called up previously to the Red Sox prior to Sunday, um, and he struggled in those couple outings. 635 earned run average, the first outing he had against Toronto. Then he pitched against the Royals on August 8th, and his ERA went up to 691. He was giving up a lot of runs, couldn't really figure it out. Um, And then he came back and pitched on Sunday against the Orioles, and it was very strong. One, two, three, ninth inning. No problem. Had one strikeout and did not struggle at all. Quickly, easily came in, got three Orioles hitters, and the game was over. Red Sox win. It was really nice to see him do that, but what really did it was that he developed that third pitch. A lot of guys have trouble developing a third pitch, which is why they don't find success at the major league level. I've been preaching this with Tanner Houck. He was always somebody who I wanted to see really develop and improve on a third pitch. Nick Robertson has done that. I mean, his changeup is his best pitch. It just really is. Um, He had mastered it. And it was what he was known for when he came to the Red Sox organization. People were excited to see that. Um, And then he basically, you know, came up, gave up four runs and four innings across the two outings that he did have. And then the problem was that his pitch selection wasn't enough. 
he had that change up and he had a fastball, but he didn't really have a third pitch to go to at the time. And now he does. So when he went back down to the Woo Sox, it appears like they helped figure him out. Um, he has developed a sweeper that basically debuted in his outing on Sunday. And he looked very confident pitching it. And it helped him more effectively against righties. Um, he struggled against righties a lot prior to that when he came up. Um, and if he can continue to use that pitch and throw the sweeper here and there, it doesn't need to be his most used pitch or anything like that. But if he can throw it in there once in a while, he's going to be super successful at the major league level because what we saw on Sunday of him using that pitch and using it so confidently is incredibly promising. And it's really can separate a great pitcher from a good pitcher is if you have a third pitch to add to your pitch selection. So the Red Sox obviously identified something with him that they could do to help, you know, improve him and get him ready to be back in the majors. It's such a small sample size. He's only pitched one inning since he's developed this third pitch. Um, but I hope he continues to use it in his repertoire because it's only going to set him up for future success within the Boston Red Sox organization. And the first time he threw it, I was like, wow, where'd that pitch come from? That looks so good. And it was putting pressure on hitters. It was helping him more effectively to approach right-handed hitters. And it's just an overall good thing for him. I knew coming up that he had potential to be a really strong pitcher based on what he had been doing in LA and the numbers that he had put up um, because he was pitching really effectively in the, in the Dodgers minor league system. And then he had some opportunities at the major league level in LA and had pitched decently, nothing great, but decently. So I felt like there was room for growth there, but promising growth. He definitely has the raw ability and the raw talent. So the fact that he's now developed a third pitch is going to help him to solidify his spot in the Red Sox bullpen moving forward. Do they keep him up? Do they make him a more permanent pen arm going forward into 2024? Who knows, but he definitely deserves a shot now that he's developed that third pitch. And let me tell you, he was so fun to watch on Sunday because I said, whatever it is the Red Sox did, it's working. And I'm so excited to see where he goes from here. Keep the faith. Maybe the Red Sox will win both games of the doubleheader today. Who knows? <laughs> Not get, get, saying, you know, I'm getting anyone's hopes up here, but just got to believe, got to have faith. As always, let's go Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side.